This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt. On the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Frank Proctor, here with you and David Gaskin, our producer, all smiles today. That's well, right. Well, after all, it's Christmas Eve. Yep, and and David is expecting a visit from Santa. Yes. Yes. And oh he's, well, aren't and you? We're kind of having yeah, we're kind of having a party. It was we're nice having a pre-Christmas the, uh, party yeah, here. He uh, got his lampshade dry cleaned that he's wearing, so <laughs> you know it's great fun here. And you brought me a bucket of sous chef tools. <laughs> yes. And thank you for the bottle of wine. Oh, you're so That's, welcome. Uh, might even get into that. Uh, uh, any of the bosses up this early think, no, no. No, We could probably get away with in that sucker. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the garden show, by the way. Uh, not just frivolity. Heavens to Betsy. Uh, we have uh, many questions that I'm no... Folks will want the answers, too, and here's the gal that provides all the answers, Charlie Dobbin. It's her show, and uh, we're on the air right now. I'm going to give the phone numbers, okay? Uh, might be slow this morning, you know. That's okay. You know, people but, might still be shopping, yeah. or they might be organized and be sure. at home doing some wrapping. We can we can take some even Christmas tips, sure. you know, for entertaining or whatever. That's fine. 416 <laughs> That's the Toronto line. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Speaking about Christmas gifts, if if you don't want to go out and fight crowds and you just remembered, oh gosh, I forgot somebody, Mm -hmm. uh, online you can purchase tickets to Canada Blooms. Oh, yeah, Still, which comes up in March, but that's you right. can get ahead of the game. Well, just exact great gift if you've got a gardener, uh, yeah. you know, in your in your pocket who needs something, or you wish to give them something. Uh, just yeah, just as a thought, great holiday gift. CanadaBlooms.com, and of course, if you buy tickets uh, now online, Cheaper. three dollars off. Well, hey, so regular price is twenty dollars, yeah. so it's only seventeen um, online. And of course, seniors are seventeen, less three, and students are sixteen. Save three dollars, so that's um, that's a good deal. That's worth doing. The other thing is, remember, horticultural societies. There's so many of them out there, and if you you're wondering about your local, if, if there even is a local hort society, very simple. Just go to gardenontario.org. Every horticultural society is listed alphabetically. Wow, so easy to choose the one nearest you, and yep. away you go. And there's the information where they meet, when they meet, et cetera, et cetera. So yep. always a good idea, you know, because hort societies are fun. Well, gardeners are fun, and hort societies well, are a bunch of, of course, fun people. Exactly. I can, I, I, always in my mind, I picture you crawling across the grass <laughs> with that wine bag, you know, and uh, <laughs> And my bushel basket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, my... and the neighbors helping you up, you <laughs> of know. Of course. Oh, naturally. Kids, too. I get lots of kids helping me. <laughs> Uh, the other thing, so of course, there's fun gardeners at yeah. horticultural societies, but 
then there's those gardeners that take it one more notch, which are the master gardeners, who are hobby gardeners who do further studies and become master gardeners. Which through, you are. I am. I am an honorary master gardener. Uh, I was made an honorary master gardener by the Master Gardeners of Ontario. Wow. Uh, which was very cool. I was very honored. <laughs> uh, but yes, I am. And uh, But master gardeners similar to myself have training and knowledge and are an amazing Love source. To share. Yeah, source of information if you have questions. Again, master gardeners have groups all over mm-hmm. Ontario. Triple uh, W M G O I, which is Magoy, Master Gardeners of Ontario Incorporated, dot CA. Okay. Um, oh, and you know what I forgot to mm-hmm. do was mention our little mantra. Right. Yes. Call early. Call often, one question per call. So, like, if you have another question after we hit the airways first time, you can just keep redialing and get back in. <laughs> That's why you know? we suggest speed dial. That's right for for the number here at the station. All righty. Well, uh, we I see we have calls uh, on the line. We you do. wanted to cover well, something you know before what? that? I, I was asking you if you remembered me answering a question that I received a letter. It was a couple of weeks ago. And it was from Ruth Monahan, uh-huh. and she sent a leaf in a, in a little Ziploc bag right. and was asking me questions of what is this plant. Well, of course, after that Ziploc bag had had that leaf in it in the post for whatever number of days and weeks, it was a pretty mushy leaf. It was a bit hard to know exactly what it was. But, Ruth, if you're listening... What I think that was uh, is commonly called false Aurelia, so A-R-A-L-I-A, so false Aurelia. The proper name is Dizzy, sorry, Dizzy Goteca, or Gotheca, D-I-Z-Y-G-O-T-H-E-C-A, so Dizzy Goteca. Warm, minimum 60-degree temperatures mm-hmm. for, you know, a happy plant, bright light, water moderately, uh, in the growing season, sparingly in the winter, loves a high humidity, like most tropical plants, right, loves yeah. that humidity. And I think the question that she asked, Ruth asked, the leaves were all falling off. And when the leaves suddenly start dropping on that plant, it's because the soil has dried right out. Uh-huh. So don't let the soil dry right out uh, for fear that the leaves will suddenly start to drop. Well, there you go. All right. Okay. Well, we'll be back to uh, talk to our callers in just a couple of moments here at AM 740. Zoomer Radio, the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show is on the air. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the Garden Show, yours truly, Frankie Proctor, saying hi to Robert, calling from Toronto. Hi, Robert. Good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas to you all. Thank Good morning. you. Same to you. What I'm inquiring about, I'm attempting to force some bulbs, and I purchased some uh, hyacinth bulbs from the nursery back in uh, October, I guess, and I uh, uh, planted them up and uh, put them in a cold cellar for about six weeks and brought them out, and they've, uh, the last three weeks they sprouted up about, oh, three to four inches, but the interior seems to be starting to form their their um, flower little nobules there, mm-hmm. like a cob of corn, but they're very short. Uh, keep them moist. Should they be like that? Every now and then, hyacinth flowers will not elongate, the stems will not elongate. So you've got leaves and flowers way down inside the leaves. Partially, I think that's two things. One is you six weeks in the cool may not have been enough. They should have actually been in the cool more like 10 weeks okay. to actually cause them to be cold enough to have those flowers even... Um, begin so that's you've got that happening and then the other thing is don't allow them to be in too warm of a spot okay, the, the, in the windows. 
so a cold window. Yeah, cooler is better. So do you think the flowers, should I just put them out for the squirrels for Christmas? Oh, no. <laughs> let, 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 the, the, what will happen is they, if, even if the flower stems don't elongate, they will flower deep down inside. And, of course, they're such fragrant bulbs that you want them anyway. Like, let them, let them do their thing. They might not look quite right, but they will, they will continue to, to go I through. them? No, you shouldn't have to because, remember, all the energy is in the bulb. If you want to keep those and put them out in the garden in the spring to come up the following spring, then uh, you will fertilize them when you plant. Great. Okay. Thank you for the input. Oh, you're very okay. welcome. And Good luck happy with holidays that. to you, yeah. Robert. Thank you. Take okay, care. Okay, 914 our time here on uh, AM 740 Zoomer Radio as we say hi to Zorita here in Toronto once again. Hi, Zorita. Good morning. Morning. I uh, listen to the radio and enjoy it. Thank you. I have the Christmas cartoons. Mm-hmm. It's blooming, but mm-hmm. now the flower starting is swelling. Mm-hmm. I don't know it because there's not enough uh, uh, heat in the apartment, mm-hmm. and there is not enough heat. Is the flower starting dying and not blooming in a while? It, sometimes apartments can be tough because they do tend to be very warm. Yeah. Even if you try to keep it cool, if you you know you're getting your neighbor's heat as well. Christmas cactus like it cool, particularly to form flowers. They need it cool. Uh, can you put it right in a window, right on a window ledge, one of the cooler spots perhaps in your in your apartment? Uh, I have it in a window because I moved three years ago in a new apartment, mm-hmm. but not enough lights, like an old apartment. Yep. So like uh, I have the sun and the sun and like a calf day, mm-hmm. and calf day is gone. So the best thing you can do, like I say, is the, mo- the brighter the better, so whatever the window might be, uh, cooler is better. And usually what I find with Christmas cactus is they will form their flowers. They take a few weeks to open, and then they're done. And then they have to rest for a mm-hmm. few months. And then, you know, the following either spring or, or late summer, again, the buds will form. I find like, I have a um, Christmas cactus in my bedroom, and we open our bedroom window every night. So this my little Christmas cactus is constantly getting cool temperatures every night. And so it tends to just keep flowering all winter. Like it'll just, flowers will come and go constantly for months. And then it completely stops flowering once it warms up in the spring. Yeah, yeah. So it is, a, temperature has a huge impact on Christmas cactus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's it. Bright light is best, and of course cool is important. Yeah, yeah. And don't overwater. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I have another one plant, of which one is, um, I don't know how you pronounce correctly. It's, it has the three colors, white, blue, and pink, H-U-A-C-I-N-T-H. Hachin. Oh, hyacinth. No. Yeah. Okay. It's blooming second time. Oh, lovely. Oh, good for you. And my, I tell my friend, I say, you dreaming? I said, no, I'm telling you, it's <laughs> blooming second time. It's blooming in April, and now it's called December, you know? Oh, good, that's great. You haven't had a little eggnog, huh? <laughs> I mean... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sarita. Okay, thank I you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, thank you. And you, thanks yeah, so much. and my Christmas is coming in January. I'm Serbian, I'm Ottawa. All, All right. right, the 7th? I'm celebrating both of them. Good right. for you. Okay, and I joined the show. Thanks. Thank you very much. Okay, bye. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. now. Bye. 917. Happy Zarita on the line. I love we that celebrate name. both at our house, though not yeah. the Serbian Christmas. We celebrate Hanukkah and Christmas at our house. Right. Christmas. Oh, and by the way, happy Hanukkah to those listening in, too. Exactly. It is. Um, We're in the middle of Hanukkah right now. Yeah. Eight days. It started Correct. on the 20th, 20th, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Well, Valerie, let's see what's on Valerie's mind in Markdale. Oh. Oops. Hello. Um, Valerie just, Valerie just <laughs> got kind of busy took off into else. the ethers. <laughs> I have no idea. Let me repeat the phone numbers, okay? Okay. Uh, for Toronto... 416 360 
1-866-740-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, are you all set for Christmas, Charlie? Or? I hope so. Yeah. If I've forgotten anything, it's too late now. I'm not going near any stores today. Oh, oh, hey, oh, it'll be a madhouse everywhere. Well, I guess the good thing is they're talking sales like yeah. crazy. You know, that if you put off your shopping and wait till the very last minute, you may get the best deals. If yeah, you that's can, true. If you can put up with the crowds. Yeah, getting punched and <laughs> pepper sprayed. You know? Exactly. <laughs> getting hit by people. I, I yeah. want that doll. <laughs> yeah, you heard the thing about the shoes, the Nike oh, shoes. Oh, unbelievable. 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 So remember, not only did Hanukkah start on the 20th, but what mm-hmm. happened on the 22nd was the winter solstice, uh-huh. which is the shortest day of the year, which means that the days are getting longer now. Just by seconds, but they're they're spring is coming. Seconds. Yeah, spring yeah. is on the way. Exactly, days are getting I, longer. I, I hear I hear uh, some people complaining about the lack of snow. I'm obviously those people who love winter sports, you know, skiing, snowmobile, uh, snowmobiling, and <laughs> and snowboarding. But uh, <laughs> you have to go up a little in the cottage country where they're making snow. But uh, I have a good buddy who lives near Elmvale. Oh, yeah. He has they, a cottage near Elmvale. He says, hey, Frank, it's just green as all get out. But even there's like, snow there. Well, okay, but, you know, we're in downtown Toronto yeah. right now. Of course, it's very dry and, and yeah. you know, there's not a speck of snow. But where I live, north of the 401, mm-hmm. uh, north actually of, the, of Highway 7, so, you know, I'm just that much further north of the lake, we got a little dusting of snow day before yesterday, and it's still on the ground. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So, it's, I mean, I really like a white Christmas. I'm a huge yep. fan of that. Yeah. And so I've just been, this little dusting fell, and it hasn't melted. So, I mean, <laughs> the, the roads are dry, but the grass has this little coating of, looks like icing sugar, which is really good, because it should still be there tomorrow. Ah, So we, okay. we're not really white, but we're not really green either. Okay. So that's a good thing about living north, you know. My, you, my you brother calls some. it, yeah, nosebleed country, but, you know. <laughs> It's Up a, in the timber line yeah, there. That's right. We do get a little bit of snow, and these city slickers don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. Frank Proctor, the sous chef of the garden, along with Charlie Dobbin, master gardener, will be back in just a moment to uh, check in with some of our Carlos uh, who are just filling up those lines. David Gaskin, our producer, very busy at the moment, but we'll return after these words. There are hundreds of sources for tips on gardening, but you need only one. The AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin continues. Charlie, I think we're being led up the garden path here, uh, or the or the cow path. Uh, we have a call from Wilma, and as I read on the screen here, from Holstein, is that correct, Wilma? Yes, it is. <laughs> I've never heard of Holstein. Where Where's that? It's just north of uh, Mount Forest, Ontario. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. We know where that yeah. is. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> Hi, Wilma. Hi. I um, won, actually, a frosty fern at a dinner party recently, mm-hmm. and I'm wondering what I should be doing with it. Uh, if uh, It's in a very small pot, a three to four inch pot, mm-hmm. and it's now sitting in a west window in the corner of my kitchen. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems to need a lot of water. Mm-hmm, because of that tiny pot. Well, that's what I'm wondering, yeah. uh, if it should be transplanted. Mm-hmm. Go Get a six-inch pot, so not hugely bigger, but just a little bit bigger, uh-huh. neck size up, uh-huh. and a little bit of fresh potting soil. Uh-huh. And uh, keep it real simple. Just slip it out of the pot it's in. Uh, don't mess around with the roots at all. Leave that little root ball completely intact and put it into that new pot with that fresh soil around the, the root ball, uh-huh. firm it down gently with your fingers, give it a thorough watering, and having it in your kitchen is a brilliant location. 
because kitchens tend to be one of our, the more humid rooms yeah. in our home. It's just because yeah. of the boiling of the kettle and yeah. the whatever, dishwashers and those kinds of things. So, and ferns love humidity. Mm-hmm. So that will be a very good spot. Now, come summer, that west window might be a little too hot for the fern. You may need to move it away from the window or even take it outside into the shade. But, um, now, is this totally a, um, a house plant? For winter, uh, like I believe so. What's commonly called a frosty fern is what is also commonly called a table fern. They're just they're very uh, small ornamental ferns that are not hardy in our winters. Okay. 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 So, um, what um, do you recommend fertilizer at all? In once spring arrives. Once not now, because keep in mind that the you know the days are still quite short, and plants are very responsive to the short day length. So they are not doing any dramatic growing right mm-hmm. now. Typically, just by repotting it into a bit of fresh soil, you're going to give that plant a bit of a boost. Uh-huh. Do not fertilize. Wait until at least March. Okay. Starting in March, you can start fertilizing once a month. Okay. You know, with the with the water soluble. Okay. okay. Um, when when it goes outside, so you would just leave it in the pot mm-hmm. uh, and set it under a tree or exactly. under a shrub? Sure, yeah, exactly. Someplace where it's shady. Yeah. Um, or sometimes what I'll do with the little ferns is I'll use them as part of a container garden that I make uh-huh. uh, out somewhere in my yard, front door, back door, you know, patio. So big pot with a bunch of little plants in it, obviously, mm-hmm. all put mm-hmm. together into, a, into a, an arrangement. And then come September take the whole thing apart and of course the plants I want to keep that are coming in the house will get potted up and I will do that sometimes with herbs I do that or with some of the little sensitive plants like you've got happening there uh-huh. uh, or there might be some perennials in that arrangement so some of those will just go right into the ground oh yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so you know hardy plants we want to leave them outside but yeah. sensitive ones we want to keep you have to bring them in okay okay Okay. Just a, one one final question here, Wilma, if I may. Uh, what is the general population of Holstein? <laughs> well, be quite frank, I don't know. <laughs> as, as my husband puts it, we live on the suburbs of Holstein. <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> we have we have small acreage. Uh, um, uh, it's actually in the country, and and our lot is basically trees. Yeah. We just got a house and a bunch of trees. Well, uh, I'm going to be thinking of you between ten and three today. I'm going to be uh, on the air from ten right through till three. And when we play the music, I'll think of Holstein <laughs> for you. Okay. <laughs> Thanks. Okay, Wilma, thank you, and Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. The same to you. Okay. Thank 9.25 here at AM 740. The music. The music. But that's I a good point. How... You are here all day, aren't you? Yeah. After the yeah. garden show. Well, you're... the guys, uh, you know, the Dave's car guys. garage, yep. I think they've split to Florida. I think mm. that's what they've done. Tough those. life. Yeah. Hmm. Canadian, eh? <laughs> <laughs> how about that? So they're not here. So, so you're doing the car show. Yes. Well, no. Oh. I'm, I'm, we've got all sorts of wonderful Christmas music I'll be playing oh. and just generally taking it easy and help, helping folks drive around from shopping mall right. to shopping mall. So you're going to sit back, eat, into each eat other. some shortbread, yes. have a little... Uh, Christmas cheer. Uh, yeah, little, man, that wine that you brought in. I don't know. I'm looking at that pretty good. Hey, Jack and Welland, welcome to the show here at AM 740. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I just received an orchid mm-hmm. uh, yesterday, mm-hmm. and I'd like to, uh, to know how to take care of it. Simply, when the flower dies back, do I cut that off? 
Uh, do you um, have any idea what kind of orchid it is? Is it a, does it have a tag at all? Phalaenopsis. Yes, it has, yes. Usually and, is the <clears throat> most common one. I can't I can't pronounce it, but I'll P H A L A E N O P S I S. Yeah, Phalaenopsis. How do you pronounce it? <laughs> Phalaenopsis. Phalaenopsis. Okay, thank okay. you. Commonly called a moth orchid, if that's easier, because the flowers do tend to look like a moth. They, they have the two lobes of the petals that look like moth wings. Yes, right. All right, so um, how do you... Okay, so the question is, once the flower fades, do you cut that whole flower stem off? Yes. No, you don't. Oh, okay. Because they, they can trick you and send start more buds or send another shoot off of the flower stem that provide creates more flower buds so what i do with with any of the orchids is the flower fades eventually they last a long time but eventually the flowers you know shrivel up and fall off but leave the stem there the stem if it's done will start to dry and shrivel and eventually you know darken and as that moves down the stem towards the pot that's your your indication to get your little scissors out and remove the stem but leave it alone for a while you'll see it's they trick me all the time (laughs) you know what's going to happen next Uh, and they can very often like i say send out another shoot the trick with the orchids is they love that high humidity Uh okay so get your little mister out or spritzer Mm -hmm. and don't hesitate to be out there misting and spritzing a couple times a day oh really yeah yeah Uh, the whole uh, even the flower uh the the whole thing but particularly the leaves yep and when you're watering of course be very careful you don't want to overwater that plant because when i did receive it the leaves were uh wet Oh, okay. Yeah, they were, I guess they sprinkled them before. Yeah, it must have been spritzed on its way in to your place. Also, a couple of days, just spray it. Yep. Yeah, right. just spray like a couple times a day. And w- in terms of the watering, be very careful that you don't overwater because it's yeah. very easy to overwater orchids. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Thank, you thank you, Jack. And have a good Christmas. Thank you. The you same too. to you. I have a fear of uh, getting my little mister out and going to the doctor, and uh, and he'd say, uh, "My gosh, you've got a terrible case of phalaenopsis." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have a fear of that, but uh, but it's unlikely me. to happen. No, unlikely yes. to happen. Yes, <laughs> Michael in Flesherton. Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, hi, thank you. Morning. Morning. Uh, I moved onto this property a couple of years ago, and and uh, and there was a couple of sickly looking, what I refer to as sickly looking uh, lilac uh, trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've tried various things over the last couple of years, uh, in, including fertilizing and cutting some of them back and so on. Mm-hmm. But a couple of months ago, I heard on your show uh, about uh, trees that are planted alongside a septic bed being susceptible to uh, too high of a nitrogen. And I'm thinking that this is what has happened to these trees. So my question is, I want to remove those uh, trees, which seem to be probably 20 years old, mm-hmm. uh, and replace them with something that is more suitable for that kind of uh, uh, earthy environment. So we're, we're, t- we're talking near the septic bed, not over it, obviously. Yeah, that's right. It's just, a lo- just lo- along the side of it. Well, honestly, I mean, lilacs are uh, an amazingly good plant for a lot of situations, and and there's really nothing wrong with a lilac near a septic bed. But what you're finding, you said they were sickly, they're not good-looking plants, or they just well, aren't flowering? Yeah, you know, or? I mean, uh, the first year, I think uh, each each tree had uh, one 
one one flower on it. The mm-hmm. second year, I uh, one had one, the other one had two. Oh yeah. You know. And big and tall and gangly. Uh, yeah, they're big and tall and gangly looking. Yeah. There. Yeah. So you they. Know, I have some rope tied around them to kind of hold them together. Oh, okay. So aesthetically, they're not really. It doesn't sound very pretty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the overall effect on the landscape is positive in in regards to having something the height there. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering what kind of a bush uh, could I... Uh... You know, if, if the lilac hasn't turned out the way you would like it to, I'd be inclined to think of an evergreen. <clears throat> because evergreens, of course, uh, that's what they're all about. They're all about green. We don't worry about flowers. A couple of things happens. One is you've got that plant there year-round providing that structure, because as you point out, it is a positive effect on the, on the landscape. Right. Having that structure, that frame there. So an evergreen will do that for you as well, of course, uh, in terms of being near the septic bed and the, the high nitrogen that you refer to, the ammonia, et cetera. Evergreens love nitrogen. That's what, that's what nitrogen um, encourages green growth as right. opposed to flowering growth. Uh, could be something as simple as a cedar or it could be, you know, it doesn't have to be a big monster plant. It doesn't have to be like a big blue spruce or something. It could be one of the lovely dwarf evergreens that are out there. Um, right. A nice false cypress would be a very pretty plant. Um, yeah, that's what I'd be inclined to do. Is there any flowering bush options that would do good there? Well, honestly, lilac would be one of your best options, <clears throat> just because lilacs are so hardy. The trick, obviously, is the uh, pruning and keeping it in in good condition. Right. Uh, if you were going to replace the lilac with another lilac, the one you would want is a variety called bloomerang. Bloomerang. So, like boomerang with an L. Bloomerang. You should see the look on Frank's uh, on Frank's face right from now. Australia, is it? <laughs> no. No. Oh. no. Well, you know, maybe it might have actually been originally bred out of Australia, but it's it is one of the proven winners plants. Mm-hmm. What's cool about bloomerang lilac is it blooms in the spring, as mm-hmm. all lilacs do, but then it continues to bloom all summer, oh. right up until frost. It's That'd a be nice. it's an ever blooming or a re blooming lilac. And the thing about it is, you can't throw them away. It keeps, keeps coming, coming back. back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess that's partly yeah. what it's all about. So that fragrance is always there. It's always not there. just for that one week in the spring. It's all summer and fall. Oh, okay. So I I misunderstood that previous information then. So so it is possible to have a lilac there as long as it's maintained, pruned, and exactly. Lilacs are good plants in the sense that they're hardy. They you know they they don't get yeah. pests and diseases, you know, they're just, and they're obviously fragrant, they provide quite a lot to our, our world and our landscapes, right. but uh, they, if left unpruned, can end up being not very attractive plants. Is there anything that I need to do special to prepare the uh, soil for those uh, bloomerangs? Just, a, uh, lilacs want a good quality, well-drained soil. So if it's a low area or it's a consistently moist area, a lilac will not be a happy plant. Right. Then you know what you would do if it's quite a moist area is think, and you like the flowering idea, think about an elder, elderberries. Elderberries. Yeah, because elders love a moist spot, and there's some really neat elders out there now because they're not just green anymore. They come with purple leaves. They come with golden leaves. They come with variegated leaves. So, again, real good ornamental value when the leaves are there, plus flowers, plus berries, uh, plus, you know, birds and, 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 you know, pollinators and all kinds of nice uh, life is uh, very attracted to elders. And so if it's moist, that's what I would go with rather than a lilac. 
Okay. Well, All right. That's very helpful. Uh, that, that gives me three options to uh, consider. There you go. Well, thanks for the call, Michael. Okay, thank you, and Merry, you, Christ- Merry Christmas Merry to Christmas you. Merry Christmas to you as well. And uh, Patrick on the line from Cambridge. Good morning, Patrick. Welcome to the show. Good morning, and uh, Merry Christmas to both of you. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, I have two uh, new uh, horticultural additions to my family, so I have two small questions, if I may. Oh, oh, I don't know. You're testing the patrolman <laughs> proctor here, but... Oh, it's Christmas time. <laughs> I'll give you a gift. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, you will, will you, Frank? <laughs> Sorry, Patrick. Uh, Go ahead. I just had a, a new um, Chanticleer pear tree planted in my front yard, and I'm wondering, is there anything I need to do between now and spring with that? A pear, an ornamental pear? An ornamental pear, uh, yeah. The Chanticleer ornamental pear tree. Oh, nice. Uh, so it was planted just this past fall? Pardon? When was it planted? Oh, about a week ago. Mm, okay. Is it staked right now? Or were yes, staked? it's staked, okay. and it's been uh, mulched, everything is around it. it. They did a good job, the nursery. And they thoroughly watered it, or you thoroughly watered it after well, it was planted? Well, I think planted. we had a lot of rain in the last week or so, so it's watered itself. Okay, so that's good, because that is the important thing. The, the, the stake is very important, because obviously that plant didn't get any roots out. Yeah. Um, though the, the soil, because the soil isn't frozen yet... Uh, and it's all about the warmth in the soil, quite often plants will start to send roots out very quickly. So the plant staked will sit there until roots can start growing. You've got to jump on next spring, obviously, because as soon as the ground thaws, that plant starts to establish itself. So your trick, your your biggest sort of job in all of this is to ensure that it does not dry out as through this whole process. So we, you're right, we had some good rain, as long as it was thoroughly saturated, uh, and the soil is reasonable quality, so it didn't, you know, sort of drain away too quickly. Once we freeze up, you're good for the winter. Just stay on top of, you know, keeping it thoroughly watered, which is not to say wet all the time, next spring and summer. So we get in a real drought situation. You're going to treat it with a certain amount of tender, loving care because it's the first year that it was planted, and we always hover a bit the first year. Of course. And unstake it. What I would do is I'd leave it... Obviously, it's staked right for the one full year, and then if it's a fairly windy or exposed location, I'd leave it staked through that next winter. So next winter, and then unstake it that spring. So spring, whatever that would be, 13, 2013. Right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Uh, Now, my other family member, um, I have a a Joseph's Joseph's coat, Mm -hmm. and can I pinch that back, uh, uh, get a cutting off it to uh, transplant next year? For sure. So Joseph's coat is, an, is amaranthus, and this is something you brought in from the garden? Yes, it is. Okay, um, and it, because it's an annual. And so you're wondering, can you pinch it now to start some cuttings for next spring? Yeah. What I would do is leave it, keep it in a sunny location, treat it as a house plant for now. It's very hard to get cuttings to root at this time of year. Okay. Wait another four to six weeks. And then take your cuttings, take as many cuttings as you want, just put them in a glass of water, yeah. uh, and they should root up no problem. But if you try rooting them now, I think you'll find they'll rot before they'll root. So a little rum and coke wouldn't help, would it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd help the hosts of this <laughs> show. <laughs> but, you know, there's that rooting hormone. Did you ever use that? Pardon? There's a rooting hormone. Oh, yeah. Stim root, it's called. And that is just a little powder that you dip the cut end of the cutting that you want to encourage roots right. into that powder and then immerse it into a glass of water or a pot of sand or whatever and keeping the, the cut end moist. And roots should grow within you know a few weeks, two weeks. 
but wait four to six weeks before you do that. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and the best of season for you both. Thank, thank you, you, and to you, much. too. Bye-bye. Now, we're coming he up. He did sneak in, and I know. that was nice of you to give him another. Well, <laughs> I, I, I like to be benevolent sometimes, you know. I know. <laughs> I'm not always a rotten person, uh, although <laughs> I was there are say. those who would argue. Uh, uh, we're sneaking up on our next little commercial break here, so uh, we're uh, waiting a, a conversation with Joe from Toronto. So, Joe, hang on. Uh, Charlie Dobbin will be right back with The Garden Show here at AM740 Zoomer Radio. Friends say she's down to earth, and that's usually where you'll find her. Welcome back to the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef, Frank Proctor, along for the ride here. Uh, phone numbers, better give those again, Charlie. 416-360-0740. That's the Toronto line. Anywhere else in the province, toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. And let's say hi to Joe calling from Toronto. Good morning, Joe. Good morning. How are you? Good. Morning. Good morning. I have some plants, house plants. Uh, I, I know one is uh, probably Eureka palm. It's around four feet high. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other one is practically dead. Uh, there seems to be these white spots on, on the plant. It's like a powder. Oh, well, uh, okay. The white spots, are they more like um, little cotton ball type white spots? Uh, yeah, I guess you could say that. Or more of a powder that's an even coating of white. Well, you know, it seems to be in the middle there. It's hard to, uh, uh, well, when you put your your hand there and try to get them off, it's like a powder. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that from dust or something? If, if, it, if there is a white powdery look on the surface, and you can wipe it off when you rub with your hand or your finger... It, there is a mildew called powdery mildew, and it does put that sort of white haze onto leaves. But it would be very unusual to have powdery mildew on plants inside the house at this time of year. Uh, what if the uh, the apartment this is an apartment and it's electrical heat? Uh, would uh, dryness uh, figure into this? Well, you're right because electrical heat is extremely dry, and yeah. and any of the mildews or the fungal diseases do best in high humidity as opposed to very low humidity. But there, there are some insects that look, that I'm thinking mealybug. Mealybug is little white, it puts a wa- white waxy coating on its body. So the, the actual insect is tiny, um, but it looks like a little tuft of almost like a white um, bit of cotton ball or tip of a, you know, Q-tip or something like that. Now, so if you, they're very, very common on particularly the palms. Eureka palm is one that mealybug loves. And it seems that's the ones that are really being affected uh, by mm. this. And you'll find these little tufts of white in the crotches where the leaflets and the, the stems come together. Yeah, and it seems to grow from there, go mm. up. Yeah, very hard to control, actually, that insect. Uh, what, what can you do uh, about this situ- situation here? If it's a bad infestation, you may have to get rid of the plants because the problem is, is that you, you can spray. There are, you know, that spray you may have heard me mention on the show in the past called End All. Mm-hmm. It's an oil and pyrethrin-based spray. So, of course, you don't spray it near furniture or anything like that. But if you can put the plant into the bathtub, for example, and spray, very effective at killing insects. But the problem with palms is that they've got, uh, insects can hide down in, down 
sort of inside the growing tips, down in the center of the plant, and it's very hard to kill those insects. You can't, you can't actually see these with a the human eye, can you? Yes, you, if it's mealybug, you'd be able to see it. You'd be able to see them moving around? No, you know, they move way too slow for that. But you would see little little tufts of white, and if you, you smear it, and it's just this little white waxy coating, and underneath is this, like, head of a pin-sized insect. Pretty small. Pretty small. But you can see them, you know, the, just like you can see the head of a pin. So, um, it, so that would be my thinking. Now, you might want to just, right off the bat, don't go crazy with any kind of insecticides or worry that way. Just take the plants into the shower and give them a thorough cleaning just with, with the shower. Yeah, I've uh, tried that with sprays and wiping the, wiping the white stuff off. It seems mm-hmm. to help a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, one palm is, has, has died, but uh, there seems to be another crop growing in the, in, the, in the same vase. Yeah. So, well, well, that's it. If the plant, some like obviously with your scissors, you cut away anything that's clearly dead. Uh, the humidity is what the palms really love. So what I would do is, like I say, get it into the shower or, or mist and clean as you've done by hand. If you're still like unsure what's really going on there, cut a little piece off that's clearly got this white uh, residue on it stick it all in a Ziploc bag and take it to a, a local garden center and ask a staff person there to take a look at it. Maybe they can diagnose. Sometimes a little hard to diagnose over the radio. Uh-huh. And uh, are palms the ones that really get hit with this the most? Let's because ju- these other plants that I have, I don't know what you call them, but one's around four feet and the, and the leaves are around uh, two feet long by, uh, by ten inches. I don't know what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, there seems to be a very few on that and that seems to be still going all right. Right. Well, yeah, exactly. You bring up a good point. Not all plants have the same susceptibility or the same tastiness to insects and same susceptibility to diseases. So, yes, palms, definitely mealybug loves palms, and they love high humidity. So spraying and keeping the... uh, They also... uh, Spider mites are something that palms love, uh, and they love ivy as well, whereas they don't really love spider uh, spider plants, right? Mm-hmm. So there's different insects love some plants more than others. The main thing is that this time of year, particularly with electric heat, do everything in your power to raise the humidity around the plants, and they'll just be happier in general. Okay. Now, okay. can we pinpoint the main cause of this? No, I don't think so. No, no, it, it sounds like it's a little too confusing. It sounds like something that to really know for sure is take a plant, take a leaf into Have a... a diagnosed by somebody. Yeah, a uh, visual diagnosis. Or the other is take a photograph and email it to me. I'll give you my email address. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing was, when I got them, they were really healthy. You know, it's about yep. a year now, and uh, this is happening now. Yeah, so let, to get to the bottom of it, either send me a picture or take a leaf into to, uh, a local good garden center that has some smart staff. Okay. Thanks okay. so much, Joe. We've okay. got to move along here. Okay, thanks. thanks. You Happy betcha. Yeah, Thank and you. you too. Uh, Arlene is online from L- Guelph. We'll get to in just a flash. You wanted to interject something here, Charlie? Yeah, may I? Yeah. Uh, oh, thank well, you. Well, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> My what's your show? That's good right. point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have this. You just love to direct this well, show. Well, I do. You're like a control freak or something. <laughs> And people say, I'm a control freak. My email address. I shouldn't be making fun of you. It's the day before Christmas, right? I should be nice. Nice to me. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, And you brought me those cute sous chef tools after all. I think you want me to do some cooking for you. Not. My email address, my first initial C and my last name Dobbin. So C-D-O-B-B-I-N at am740.ca. 
send pictures if you want diagnoses of what the name of a plant is or what might be attacking a plant. So, you know, real good, clear pictures make all the difference in the world. No naughty pictures, just <laughs> pictures of the flowers. Okay. Like, like where your brain goes. Uh, well, I can't help <laughs> I it. I say send pictures and you go naughty. Oh, Santa well, Claus I, knows about you. Yes, you're, I'm you're sure obviously he does. On I'm on list. the naughty list. Yeah. <laughs> Arlene in Guelph is on the line. Good morning, Arlene. Oh, hello. Good yeah, morning. Hello. Ha- happy holidays to both of you. Thank, Thank you. Uh, I have an amaryllis, and it didn't get no bud. It just got all mm. leaves. The mm. leaves are about two feet high. Mm-hmm. I just let it continue to grow, but mm-hmm. what do I do with it? You have a problem that I've... This was something that flowered last year? No, it's just I just bought it this year. Oh, really? A brand new amaryllis? Yeah, so they, they give me another one, and, okay. and it's getting a bud. I was going to say, yeah, I would be taking it back. All right, what all you can do is... There, you know, there are tricks to keeping amaryllis alive and reblooming them in the future. They are a bulb, so they do need a, a rest period, just like all the bulbs have a growing time and a dormant time. So right now, those leaves are going to have to grow for a while. So what I would do is you've got the two growing now. One's full of leaves, one's got a flower coming up, and it will soon have lots of leaves as well. Let both these plants be leafy, green plants, uh, treat them as house plants right through the winter and spring. And then the question is, in the spring, do you want to take these outside or do you want to just let them go dormant immediately? Because sometimes people will take their amaryllis outside, let them be green plants in the summer, and then towards the middle of the summer, you'll find that they're just going to put themselves to sleep. They'll just start turning yellow and shrivel, you know, leaves will shrivel up and stop growing. And then there's your sleeping bulb that sits for about 10 weeks before you then start watering it again and it starts to grow and it should have a flower. So if I take them outside, do I uh, uh, eventually bring them in and start watering them? That's right. What you'll do is you'll... you what time? Maybe like September? Or- what, well, usually I find that they, you'll bring them in about September, but they will have either gone dormant or you're going to force them to go dormant by September. Then they sleep for roughly eight to ten weeks, so no water, just the pot is sitting there with a bulb in it, nothing's going on. Wait that eight to ten weeks, water once after eight to ten weeks, put the plant in a, up on the window ledge, water it once, and don't water again until you start to see some growth. Then again, you start to water more regularly as it starts to grow. And if I put them outside in the summertime... Mm-hmm. Will I, uh, do they have to have shade or sun? We, we get both here. Yeah, they'll do best in the shade or shade. mostly shade. You know, a okay. little bit of morning sun is nice. Okay, then. Okay. Thank you, Arlene. Have a very Merry Christmas, too. Thank you, and uh, I enjoy your show very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Happy Bye-bye. holidays. We're going to be along to have a chat with uh, Bob in Mississauga, but first we have to take a little bit of a commercial break here, but got to let the folks know, in case you just tuned in, you are listening to the Charlie Dobbin Garden Show here at AM 740, and I'm Frank Proctor, your sous chef of the garden. You supply the what and where, and she'll come through with the how. You're listening to the AM 740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And delighted to talk to you on this uh, Christmas Eve day. Uh, mm, and sunny the, and crisp and yeah, cold. It is a, well, it is crisp out there, but that's nice. good. We want that sort of stuff. We do. Uh, yes, we do. Bob in Mississauga. <laughs> Either that or we'd go to Florida, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, have you got the loot? Sure. Bob in Mississauga, good morning and welcome to the show. Good morning. H- hello, hello, Bob. Hello, hello Robert. <clears throat> no. No. Bob was there, but he's he not. He's gone. Was there? Oh, morning. Oh, there you are. Okay. Hi, okay. Bob. 
Yeah, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Thank you. You too. First time, oh yeah, listening to your show. First time, we always listen to it. But anyway, I planted garlic, uh-huh. and I planted it before, but I used the store brand. This time, I used the Garden Center brand, which doesn't have the inhibitor on it. Right. And it grew about ten or eleven inches the uh, green shoots. Mm-hmm. I dug one up in the fall, and there was only a little white bulb on it. Right, but did you plant it in the spring? I planted in the in the uh, fall. Oh, so it was in the ground for a full year. Oh yeah. And there was no bulb to speak of. But well, just what, a little, it looked like a little onion bulb. <laughs> hmm. Okay, so here's a question, though. Um, okay, so the green leaves come up, and then round about usually mid-July, late July, a flower forms. Did you allow that, that garlic flower to exist, or did you remove it? I never had a flower. You sure? Uh, I didn't see it. Did, did you go away for a week or two along the way there in the summer? No. Okay. Because when uh, you let garlic flower, it puts all its energy into the flowers, and you end up with no no bulb at the base. My neighbor next door told me to watch for the white shoe coming up and Mm -hmm. clip it. Yeah, exactly. And eat it. I mean, garlic flowers are amazing. So you want, you know, as soon as it starts to send up, it's called a scape, a flower scape, you remove it and, of course, put it into some eggs or, you know what I'm saying, like do a little cooking with it. They're yummy. And then you'll get the nice big fat bulb at the base uh, however, if you didn't get a big fat bulb, it makes me think that the plant put its energy somewhere else. Okay, well, they're still on the ground, so we'll see what happens yeah. next year. Yeah, exactly. Well, give us a call next year. Yeah. <laughs> Let us give us a report. And it didn't rot. Like, one. it's not um, well, really. Brussels sprouts went well. Oh, good. That's great. <laughs> I was picking them in December the 12th. Yeah, you can keep going with Brussels sprouts. They're great. They get better the colder it gets, right? Oh, I like Sweeter. That. Well, and the other thing that happens sometimes to garlic is if it's too wet, too moist, if you've got real heavy clay soil or it's in a low no, lying spot. Uh, the soil's been there for years, and it's yeah. uh, we use compost. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Composter. It's all good, yep. And then I use cow manure. Well, in the bags, they put cow manure on top of that. Perfect. Mix it all in and dig it over in the spring. Okay, no, that should all be good. Okay, because that's the other thing is garlic can rot, because, again, it is a it is a bulb. So remember how it, okay. <clears throat> it rained and it rained and it rained last spring. I so, only have a small garden. It's about 8 by 10 feet, and yeah. I've got rhubarb in it. And, yeah, and everything else did fine in that area. Yeah, anything else is, <laughs> I can throw in there, but it went, tomatoes went lousy this year. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was a bit of a hard one, not a lot of sun. Well, the thing with, and the, the fact that you got garlic from the garden center was good because the garlic you buy at the grocery store has often been irradiated to keep yeah, it from growing. Like, so it won't grow. I've been That's told right. That before. Yeah. They use radiation, yeah. For all the way from China, they bring that garlic. So okay, better, get it, yeah, and, and good idea, get it at the garden center. Don't try and grow the grocery store stuff. Okay, thank you very much for your help. Thanks, okay, Bob. Bob. Thank you. Merry yeah. Christmas. And, uh, yeah, we've got time here. Oh, if we go really fast. Lori in Bowmanville on the line. Good morning, Lori. Good morning. How are you guys today? Great. Happy holidays. Thank you. You too. I have a question regarding my Phalaenopsis orchid. Mm -hmm. Um, It it bloomed before. I cut it back to halfway down the stalk to where it dried. Mm -hmm. I got uh, two brand new stalks coming out, Mm -hmm. full of buds. Nice. all the buds turned yellow and fell off. Oh. Mm. Not so, so now nice. I'm looking at two beautiful stalks <laughs> that have tiny little wee new bu- uh, flowers at the end, but all the larger bulbs that were our flowers that were on it have turned yellow and fallen off. Could it be that uh, something happened temperature-wise to the plant? Um, they, it's a, the Phalaenopsis or moth orchids love a steady temperature. They yeah. don't want you know cold draft or sudden heat. Like the, the you know the furnace came on and. Well, it's in a room that has a gas fireplace. 
Oh. And um, and it has a sliding door out to my deck, which I have to open to let the dog in and out. But it's a broom that has the brightest light. It faces right. the west. And I've had them right in front of the window, and they were doing great. And I was so happy when I've seen this one, you know, start to bloom. Yeah. And everything turned yellow and fell off. Now there are still a couple of little green buds mm-hmm. on the end. I And I don't... I don't know what to do with it. Do you use your gas fireplace a lot? Yeah, it comes. That's what I heat my house with. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And how long have you had this orchid? When did you get it? I got it um, last spring. Oh, okay. So, of course, you didn't have the And fireplace. it bloomed fine. Right, all through the spring and summer. Fine. And then when it finished blooming, I cut it back, and then I could see uh, new growth coming on the end of the stalks, and I've left it, I've watered it, I've misted it, mm-hmm. you know, I've done the whole thing. And I was so pleased when I seen all these buds yeah. coming up. And then they all started to turn yellow and fall off. Okay, so if, yeah, so the one thing that they don't like is temperature, you know, radical temperature changes. So right. that opening the door shouldn't be a big deal unless the, the orchid is really close to the door. I wouldn't be surprised if part of the problem is the fireplace, though. Fireplace? Yeah, because when the gas burns, one of the byproducts is ethylene and ethylene. It forces plants quite often to what we call senesce, which means they they move on too fast into death, and that's where that yellowing might be coming from. Yeah. Is there any way there's no other bright room in the house? The only other way I could do it, it would be facing an east window, but it would be behind a shear. Oh, yeah, okay. And I don't know that there's enough light for it. Uh, well, it would be in the summer, but not so much now. Right. Um, right. And, of course, it'd be nice to open the shear a little bit if you could, even if you did need to move it. That would be my suggestion. Try it. You know, keep it where it is. You've got some more green buds coming. It may, the plant may just cope. They, they, often they do. Yeah. Because it is in a room where there's consistent things going on, the new growth will be coping with the, the fireplace, whereas the fireplace probably just came on uh, a month or so ago when those those buds were already formed. Right. That's my suggestion. And you know what? we got to go. Yeah, we're out of time. We're here. out of time. My gosh. Thank okay, you, Lori, and have a, very much. have a Thanks Merry Christmas, so much. okay? Same to you guys. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Bye. Well. I guess when I'm saying we got to go, I mean, it's only you that's, that's here after us, oh, right? it's only me. <laughs> so Thank you. We could much. just stay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind. <laughs> no, I do not mind. You can Actually, stay as long as you like. Thank you so much. You're so good. The we, best uh, sous chef around. Yeah, we have had a great show and, uh, and some thanks. really interesting questions. Great callers, and I'm surprised there's that many people calling and asking gardening questions and not, like I say, out shopping and, and yeah. fighting the crowds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, thanks once again to our uh, producer, yeah. David Gaskin. Dave's the best. All the very best, my friends. And, hey, stick around. I'm coming back after the news and the yeah, so other features. Have a wonderful holiday. Love to the boys and die. And thank you, you too, very Dave. Much. Have a great Christmas holiday. We'll see you all next week. You got it. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.